This is Pep Rosenfeld from Boom Chicago. I am recording from the TQ building here in Amsterdam. And uh, today I'm going to be talking on the podcast with Ritu Medish. Uh, she is a woman on a mission to humanize uh, leadership. She's dedicated to helping leaders openly talk about the challenges, dilemmas, and the blocks they go through on their leadership journey. And her passion is to highlight the human side in leadership, which I think is great because a lot of people, I think, see their, their leaders as inhuman. So I think the human side is, is super key. Uh, Ritu shines the spotlight on the journey of leaders who are behind building successful CEOs and their organizations. So this is really the leaders behind the leaders. Uh, her book, Leaders Block, which is like writer's block, but with leaders, addresses this and much more. That's who we'll be talking to today on Business as Unusual, the podcast in the serious business of not taking business too seriously. Ritu, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Welcome, Pep. I'm glad to be on this with you. Thank you very much. Now, I say this afternoon because that's what it is here in Amsterdam, but it's 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 9 p.m. where you are, so you must be just you know getting ready to hit the clubs. <laughs> That's right. That is correct. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to dive right in, uh, if I may, because uh, the the title of your book, Leaders Block. Now, I'm I'm a writer, and I get writers block all the time. But to me, I hear leaders block, and I feel like that's what a lot of people want to give their leader because they're so annoyed by him uh, or her. What, uh, what, what, what exactly is uh, a leader's block? Yeah. So before I explain that, uh, let me give you a little bit of background about, you know, as you said, the word leader's block has been derived from writer's block. So I just made that up. I just took two words and made that into leader's block. And just the way when you think of writer's block, it's a time when the writers are not able to come up with best of their work or feel like they're getting stuck, uh, but otherwise can write beautifully, right? Uh, similarly, leader's block is a concept where there are leaders who've got where they are, but they just feel stuck or they find themselves getting stuck with a certain situation, uh, with a certain um, you know, uh, phase of their career. Uh, and that's what uh, leader's block is all about. It's really a phase when the leader is demotivated, uninspired, or unable to perform perform on top of their game. Um, and that's the key, because it's more an internal thing versus an external thing. So you could still be a leader who has all the metrics green, but still be under leader's block. So it's a bit like a clinical leader depression, where you're, you from the outside people think, oh, that, that person's got it all together, but inside they're not satisfied with, 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 with their leadership. That's correct. And the reason I've shied away from calling it a little bit of depression or burnout, because I think it's a precursor to that. And that's how I've defined it in the book, that it's a precursor to something more serious, like like a burnout or like maybe a depression or high anxiety. Uh, so this is where you catch it. And that's why, you know, in the book, I say it's temporary, you overcome it. And therefore, it's it's very important to recognize it early on. And it, it I, I meant, uh, I, I didn't, I wasn't, I, I was just saying like, like depression, you, you can't tell from the outside. Only the person who's, who's suffering through the, 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 the condition knows, knows they have it. Um, but how, it, I, I'm a little baffled with the idea that a leader who is so feeling so demotivated and suffering through this block could still be getting all the, all, hitting all the, all the targets and metrics. It seems like if you're that blocked, the first thing that would that would happen is everybody you're leading would would be led more poorly. Do, do you know what I mean? Yes, 
and and actually that is there it's not it's not like your all your metrics are green all the time what i meant was that this is more an internal thing sometimes because mm. remember leaders also learn how to fake it very well right so corporate world teaches you how to you know get into the office in the elevator like looking all well dressed like really you know if if a if a junior gets into the lift wishes you good morning you look very chirpy and say good morning how are you doing you know like you'll motivate people sure uh, you still do that right because that's what you're really trained for or that's become a part of you but internally as soon as you sit in your office and you shut that door you might just you know all slumped in your chair so it could you know so that that's one way of looking at leaders block but of course the impact on the team starts to become visible very soon uh, you know because because a leader if a demotivated leader can't motivate a team for long or a lost leader can't direct a team for long so absolutely yes to that part uh, but it also can start where you start i mean it can also be a situation where you just internalizing it or you just kind of putting on this brave front hmm cuz i have to say i, I remember i, I used to uh, be a director and i would direct comedy shows and i think there was a, a moment when i passed from leader's block to kind of yeah burned out with 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 directing shows and boy, oh boy, that last show I directed, I think you could tell. <laughs> and I think all the performers in that show would, 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 would probably agree. Um, how, how, I guess the, the next question then is, 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 you know, what are some ways for a leader to recognize, hey, maybe I'm in a, in a leader's block. And I mean, I guess the, the, the obvious question is then what do you do about it? Yeah. So, so I'm going to answer the first one is recognizing it. Now, you know, there's a very common American term called getting into a funk. Um, you know, so... So getting into a funk is really when you get up in the morning and you don't feel like going to office or when you're feeling like oh I think I really need a break and typically what people do they'll take 2 3 days off or you know a weekend off or an extended weekend off you know go take a holiday vacation do something and come back and they're fine right so that's really getting into a funk but when this funk continues so for example the monday morning blues continue every day of the week and then week after week maybe mm-hmm. a month or so then you know it's not just getting into a funk then you're getting uh you know towards something more serious so so that's one but but there are other signs you know things like feeling disengaged and bored at work uh and if that continues right i'm not talking here one or two days i'm talking weeks and weeks and maybe months um or when you just feel you don't know where you're going with your or with your career or with your life just lost and directionless when you start to feel when when you find yourself being more cynical and more skeptical about everything so that's the feeling part of it but then there are behaviors you know uh, so when you're going through a leader's block leaders behave in a way which is sometimes not normally them you know for example they they're more irritable and um, you know more short tempered or they can suddenly become very um you know the whole narrative or the communication becomes very like hoarding of information because they just want to latch on to what they have um you know they they don't want to put up the, put their hand up for new initiatives uh they find themselves you know oh this is just a job get done with it go back home you know so there's lots of these signs which one can be identified just by the leader and then the signs which are more external which are more in the behavior that gets noticed by by the teams uh, at at work and also by by family friends and um and that's why you know something is wrong with you you know for example if you find yourself becoming very volatile in meetings or when you find yourself being extra quiet in meetings um or um yeah or you know your engagement level is gone down uh, with your people uh, if you are extrovert you find yourself avoiding that networking 
um, you know, dinner or parties. So, so there are all these mm. signs actually are, are a good indicator of something something is brewing up. And so I, I, I had also asked as, as a second question, what do you do about it? But let me ask a, a different question, which is, I feel like everything you've just said, you know, could also be the case of the non-leader of just, you know, teammate, like bored at work for months on end and is, is either quiet or irritable at meetings. What's the difference between leader's block and, you know, teammate's block? And that's a great question because that's one question I get ans- uh, asked like every time I speak about leader's block uh, in, in, you know, companies. So let me, let me clarify this. So the leader's block here doesn't necessarily apply only to leaders because to me, um, the way I define leader, and I put that in, the, in my book also, the way I define leader is anybody who has the capacity or the capability to either inspire, influence, or impact anybody. Okay, so basically that means uh. sales executive who's selling a product is a leader because you know through his product he's impacting a customer. Um, a parent is a leader because you know through their actions they are inspiring, impacting, influencing their children. Mm. A sports person, you know, a tennis player on that court is is a leader because you know through his game he's inspiring hundreds of people. Uh, who are watching him or her. Uh, so the leader, the definition of leader is much uh, broader and and the circle of influence just keeps getting bigger as you assume more responsibility in the workplace. I have to say as a parent, I've certainly had my days of parents block. I can't, uh, I can't lie about that. That's my next book. <laughs> is it really? It is. It started with mother's block, but I've, I've got a lot of feedback on saying it could just be parents block. So. Uh, and then it's going to be you know parent or guardian's block. Um, the I but now a cynic would say <laughs> that you've defined all those people as leaders because ultimately you know it's 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 top management and you know C suites that are going to pay more for consulting and books and that sort of thing. Is am I just being a, a total jerk by saying something like that? Oh, you know, I, I would say no because the reason I would say everybody is a leader because look. Especially nowadays, right? Um, look at look at the young people who are just starting out. Everything, and in fact, I was talking just a couple of weeks. I was at a university, and I was talking to students, some of the uh, MBA students, and I told them that I said, you know, you are leaders because what you put on social media, um, you know, every, any tweet that you write there, or any post that you're you're putting on Facebook or whatever the new age, uh, you know, um, application these days is that you are influencing or impacting somebody. Right? And therefore, it makes you a leader. So, yeah, I, 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 so if we hadn't had this conversation, I would have said, I think these days everybody's an entrepreneur, right? And they're sort of their, their product or their company is themselves. And, you know, people go from company to company more. And, yeah, like you say, you know, I've got my own website and I'm an influencer. I just I never thought of that as a leader so, so much as an entrepreneur. But I guess I, I 100% see, see where you're coming from. Do, do, does this is this phenomenon of a leader's block? Is that is that uh, do you think there's a cultural aspect? Does it happen more in one part of the world than the other here in Europe versus there in Asia? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, actually, I didn't find because for the book I've interviewed about two hundred leaders and they have, they've across the globe. Okay, so I've got people from leaders and managers or whatever you call it, like people from Europe, from the U.S., from Asia. Uh, you know, so I've tried to cover and the gender, like male, female. Uh, so I've tried to cover everything in, in you know, in good proportion um, to kind of, you know, uh, 
how do I say, to nullify any cultural aspect of it. Mm-hmm. What I did find is that, look, it's prevalent everywhere, uh, but the cultural nuances in people talking more openly about it um, is different in different cultures. So, mm-hmm. so for example, in Asia, uh, people would not talk very openly about it. Like for them, uh, they think if you're a leader, like you, uh, people look at you like demigods, literally, right? They think, oh, like I can't make an error. And, um, and therefore people are very scared to, to even say they might be going through a leader's block. Uh, versus the West, I think is much more open, um, you know. So, so that's, I think talking about it is where the cultural nuance came in, uh, not so much about it being prevalent. I, uh, I don't know what that ding was, but I assume it means, uh, oh no, it means this question's worth $80. No, uh, the, you know, hearing that is is just making me think of, of cultural differences in, 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 in therapy, you know, where some cultures, people get more therapy and some cultures, they just tough it out or, you know, self-medicate or, uh, you know, kill themselves. And I guess that does bring us back to what, what should someone do if they see that they're in a, uh, you know, it, moving from funk to uh, to to block. Yeah. Um, but, so there are three things. So basically, the way I look at leaders' block, there are three parts to to the whole. Um, you know, to the whole. How do I say a framework, so to say? So there is the the part about recognizing it. Uh, you know, recognizing the pattern, the change in behavior. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, in your moods, you know, in in your uh, yeah, I, I think in in the way you feel. So it's just recognizing something is sure. happening, and then is the acknowledging, like accepting and acknowledging is a big part of it because that's where leaders get into denial or people get into denial where they say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm a leader. Like I I've been so successful for you know 15 years, 20 years of my career. I figured it out. Like this can't be happening to me. Or, or you know, this, this has already made me so successful, so I continue to do this. I think acceptance of that is a big part of getting through it. Uh, once to kind of say, yes, there's something wrong and I need help. Now, that help can happen in various forms, but it's just that acceptance. In fact, in the book, I emphasize a lot about leaders accepting it and acknowledging it. And then the getting over part is, is the easier part once you accept it. Um, so just for people to remember it very, very easily, I've taken the word block, which we normally associate with something that's restricting, something that's negative, and I've turned it around to something more positive. So the block is really an acronym of strategies to overcome leaders' block. So I feel like, I feel like you're setting yourself up to tell us what the acronym was for. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so the B is... Wait, can I, can I just... I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. It's okay. a... Become, oh, is each, is it a sentence like that's advice or is each one a different thing? Each one is a different advice, a strategy. Uh, okay, so it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's become, listen, observe, choose, and knock three times for luck. <laughs> I wish I could say you were close. Um, <laughs> it's actually probably for the best that I'm not. If I got three out of five, it would be really weird for us both. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. It's not weird. <laughs> so the B is really about, uh, the B is big picture, which is stepping back and really looking mm. at a big picture and a perspective, right? Like why is, what is this happening? Why is it happening? Is it important? Is it not important? So really stepping back and looking at it. 
the L is let it pass. Sometimes when things are not in your control, you just have to let let things pass or just take their own uh, their own path. You know, so for example, if your company has gone through major restructuring or if the company's uh, you know been acquired or has been merged, uh, there is very little. Uh, you can do till till it settles, right? So, so therefore, you just have to, even if you're stuck that time, just let time pass. Um, or the economy, right? The external environment is such sure. that you have to control everything. So then you just let it pass. The O is for opinions of others. Now, opinions of people who matter to you and to whom you matter. Uh, it's about you know taking their inputs, taking their advice, taking their feedback, because they will they will observe things faster than you do in yourself. So that's the O. The C is for change lanes. Sometimes you have to make changes, whether it's change in your behavior, change in your role, change in your job, or yeah, even change in your company, like you, or in your, in your in your entire you know career. You just you know change it and do something else. So it's the change, the C. And the K is for kinship. It's really having your own board of advisors, right? Whether it's your mentors, your sponsors, your coaches your um, you know your friends your ex bosses like really having these four or five people who might call like your crisis managers whom you have on your speed dial every time something goes wrong so it's really having that's the board of advisors or that kinship is very important and those are the five strategies which help you overcome a leader's block sometimes it could be one strategy sometimes it's a combination depending on on the block hmm. It's uh, it's interesting that, um, and I'm not a recovering alcoholic. I, I I love to drink, just like you know you will tonight at the at the club after we're done. But uh, but so much of what you said is reminding me of what the classic you know AA situation. You know, admit you've got a problem. Uh, admit uh, that you know that you can't solve it by yourself. Uh, be aware of the things that you can change, and be aware of the things you can't, and and accept the things you can't change. Uh, in kinship, you actually mentioned a sponsor. It, 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 is there? I mean, is are we kind of in twelve-step territory here a little bit? Like, do, are we discovering that there's a, that there's a class of leaders that 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 need some support because of that something in 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 society or or corporate culture is is? Uh, are we getting more blocks these days than we used to? How's that? Hmm. Uh, yes, uh, and. The reason is why leaders are getting into a block now more than before for a couple of reasons. One, you know, right now, because of the changes happening around, right? So for example, the technology, the whole disruption that's that's happening, uh, the companies are, you know, the teams, the teams are now diverse, uh, more, um, you know, you've got multi-generational teams um, in, in organizations now, right? You've got virtual teams, uh, you've got, you know, somebody leading teams from different parts of the world. Uh, so all these changes are happening at such a rapid speed that leaders who've been used to a style where, you know, they would come into office, the teams would sit there, they would go walk up to their team members, do their work, come back, you know, um, you know, leave home, uh, leave for home by 6 p.m. or whatever, right? So the way of working is changing at such a rapid speed. Um, you know, organizations are going through so much of changes. There's so much of, you know, the whole restructuring, um, mm -hmm. consolidation. So all of these are causing leaders to go into the block because it's unknown much more than before. Things were more stable before, you know. So that is I, definitely the reason. That's 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 fascinating. I uh, I was talking not too long ago to uh, Juliet uh, Funt, who's the CEO of Whitespace, and she talks about the age of overload 
and how uh, you know everybody's busy all the time now, and so many people are spending so much of their time doing things that ultimately aren't that productive. Do you find? Do you think that maybe that's that's an effect that that you know, not just technology, but 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 just this general sense of busyness and busyness for busyness's sake. I mean, how how could that not push a leader into into a, a funk minimum and a and a block maximum? Yes, actually, that is true. Um, also, the the whole um, the whole fashion of looking busy, right? Um, it's like uh, it's like strange. Like now nowadays, when I meet people in general, like people say, "Oh, how's it going?" I'm like, "Yeah, fine." Uh, has it been very busy? And I'm like, "No." Or, you know, so it's odd if somebody says you're not busy, like they find, oh, like you probably, you know, you don't have anything to do and that's why you're not so busy. Or people say, oh, I can't do this, I'm busy. So one, it is a little bit of that fad of saying that, you know, you're busy uh, because you're connected 24 hours, right? So even if you're checking your emails, even though, though there is nothing important coming through, but you just feel like you have to feel important. Uh, the other thing is also because there is, uh, in general sense, I get that because I, I work with a lot of leaders, uh, because I also coach a lot of leaders, it's that whole um, the the I don't know whether it's insecurity, but there is that little bit of insecurity actually, um, because you don't you know because today leaders feel that this job half of it can be automated, half of it can be done by a guy half my age, uh, half my experience. So there is that insecurity too. Uh, so it's hmm. a combination of all these things. Yeah. Hmm. It's funny that you say feel important when you check your email. I feel important when I decide not to check my email. Exactly. You know, like, when I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna have another cup of coffee. I'm not checking my email yet. I feel like I'm I'm one up on everybody that wants something from me that morning. That's right. That's right. You know, it, it, it is funny because when I coach leaders, that's one of the things I tell them is like, or when I'm running a you know a workshop, I tell them, can you keep your phones away for two hours? And and I know people almost get withdrawal symptoms keeping their phones away for two hours. You know. It's funny. I, I see that in adults, and I see it in my, my two 12-year-old boys. If I take those phones away, it's like you know trying to take a, a sandwich away from a squirrel. You know, <laughs> they just go crazy. That's right. Um, are there any are there any sort of like new ways of looking at leadership? You know, trends in leadership that you think uh, you know either are going to be better for 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 avoiding block or going to be worse for avoiding block? Yeah, I think there are going to be a few things that organizations will need to do more so in fact in the book i do i have a chapter which says role of the organization you know um i think the, the two things one organizations will start will have to start accepting and being or having more conversations about things like these that the leaders are not going to be performing on top of the game all the time like there will have to be a downtime for the leaders and organizations will have to start building something uh, you know, building that in in the system on their culture, uh, because you know, if you think of it, whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's entertainment, everywhere, all these people, the the artists, the performers, the politicians, they go through peaks and troughs, right? And they're allowed. Mm -hmm. So if you stick to sports, people are allowed that. If they if they perform badly in a particular season, they go out of the team or you know they practice and then they come back right and that's very normal like best of players do that they have their downtime right we don't we don't allow our leaders to have a downtime right and that's like kind of really strange because you know leaders are humans too and therefore there there will be downtimes and in fact when i speak to a lot of hr people i tell them look you you can't have 
you know, it's not binary that, you know, either you're a rock star or you're nobody, right? It can't be like that for leaders. You have to allow them to have the downtime. So, so for me, I think that's going to, that will need, and that is happening more and more now. Organizations are therefore offering executive coaching to their leaders, not only to the top leaders, but even to the mid-level. Um, you know, mentorship programs are happening more and more. Uh, reverse mentoring hmm. is coming in. Reverse mentoring is beginning to happen now in more evolved organization. And I think that's a trend, um, at least I foresee coming from the business, is that that, that should happen and that will happen more. And sorry, um, what, what is reverse mentoring? Because it sounds like uh, the, the person who doesn't know much about it tells the person who knows about it what to do, but I can't be right. Right. No, so the reverse mentoring is when, you know, typically when you think of mentoring, you think of, okay, <clears throat> I have really this, so much experience in this field and I'm, you know, more experienced and therefore I tell a person who doesn't know much, right? That's typically mentoring. Sure. And yeah. mentoring by, by definition or traditionally has been, um, a more elderly person, so to say, or you know, somebody who has more experience in life overall will mentor a junior person. But reverse mentoring is when, actually, I am a very seasoned leader, but there is an upcoming leader or a young leader who knows probably much more than I do about technology or about latest trends, uh, but that I don't know, right? So I actually spend some time and I get mentored by that young leader. Of course, I always feel like the best leaders probably the best people are the ones that kind of feel like they never know everything and they're always able to learn from someone who, you know, is on paper less experienced. But, you know, I mean, yeah, but that, I feel like that that never-ending learning is, is huge. Hey, let me ask you this. You, you said you do a lot of coaching, yeah? Yes. When, when you coach leaders and they're in a block or, you know, somewhere between the funk burnout, you know, spectrum, what? how often do you coach them that the answer is, see change lanes how often is the answer get out of here yeah um, you know there is there is a funny stat around it i i won't say a number but uh, a big part of leaders whom i coach whether i'm either by the time i finish my engagement or a few months after my engagement make changes hmm. so so either they change roles a lot of them change organizations um, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's odd because I get paid by the organization, right? <laughs> they <don't laughs> hired me. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I tell some of the HR folks, it's good because, you know, if they're going to be here um, with half their heart, it doesn't work well for you too. Uh, but, but very often, see, is, I don't necessarily recommend it, but the, the way we work around it, they do end up making a change. Now, now I'm very curious. What when you talk to a marriage counselor, what percent of couples that go see a counselor, the answer is stay together? Now I have no idea, but I'm 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 curious now that we're talking about it. Yeah, that would be that would be an interesting stat to to look at or to compare. I don't know what that. Would be. <laughs> so and and are there are there tools? You know, are there are are there are there tools that can help a leader lead in a way that 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 keeps them that keeps things fresh for them, like. Are there, huh, are there preventative measures that a leader can take to not stumble into this into into the funk phase? You know what what can they do before they get there? What can you do to keep it fresh for yourself all the time? By the way, that's also a good question that the marriage counselor would be asked. That's correct. So, so the way uh, you know, so they are preventives, right? Um, what I have defined in the book, I've kind of even in my keynote when I do, I say leaders block is like like flu. 
uh, and the reason I say it's like flu is because I spoke to all these leaders and everybody said they've had leaders block, they've experienced leaders block. So therefore I said, oh, it's very common, everybody gets it. But the other reason is also because it's contagious, right? And therefore you pass it on uh, to your teams or to people mm. working with you. Um, but also it's, um, you know, it's unavoidable, like you will get into a leader's block. Now preventing is, is, is like, you know, you've had flu, but you prevent it, like you do, you have your hygiene, you wash your hands, you know, you make sure you eat clean food and stuff like that, right? So you prevent yourself. Right. And similarly, with leader's block, there are practices that you can do which, which kind of work as preventives, um, you know, and which, which then help you to keep leader's block away or even if you get it the next time, the intensity is going to be lower, uh, the frequency is going to be, um, you know, much less. So absolutely, so you can do. So some of the practices are very basic. Um, you know, it's not like rocket science, but but things like building uh, reflection. Uh, you know, in your in your daily life, literally. You know, like do you take out enough time uh, to step back and reflect? You know, which is which is very which is related to this whole practice of mindfulness, right? I mean, and different people have different names to it, but it's basically about just stepping back, time to time, stepping back and reflecting where you're going with your career, with your life, with your choices, you know, things like that. Right? So it could start with that, the need for taking vacations, the need for taking that regular, uh, regular breaks, uh, because that's an opportunity for you, uh, you know, for leaders to, uh, to catch anything if they are getting into something. Um, you know, I, I, I refer to uh, Power of Habits by Charles Duick, right? He, he talks a lot about um, how building powerful habits actually make you so much more resilient because they build your willpower so sure. uh, so that that's one of the one one big actually practice that leaders and now i'm seeing more and more leaders even getting there right building something into their daily routine uh, but the other thing is really leaders willing to unlearn and then learn like willing to let go of things they did the way they did so far hmm. and uh, which goes back to that reverse mentoring i i, I feel like the, the death of so many individuals, companies, organizations is, ah, why would we change when this is the way it's always worked for 25 years? Absolutely. And that's, that's, that is the key thing is leaders willing to, um, you know, willing to unlearn and willing to let go when they think it's not working. And, and, you know, so many people have talked about it. Um, even Seth Gordon in his book, The Dip, right, talks about it to know when to give up or like, I mean, you know, to just say it's it, right? so to come out of it. So things like that, right? So awareness around um, willing to unlearn, proactive feedback. I think that is sometimes such an underutilized tool that leaders have at their hand. Like talk to your people uh, and proactively. It's not about you know you've done something and then you go and ask feedback. Like constantly talk to your people, uh, people, people around you to say what's happening. Are they noticing anything? Um, you know, find out the buzz. What are they talking about? What's working? What's not working? Uh, that's again a great way to know if things are on the right track or something can, or something can be improved. That's the other thing is about you know really proactive, uh, proactively seeking, seeking advice. And then of course uh, you know for more evolved leaders it's like you know philosophy of flow, uh, read more, spend yeah. time in habits and hobbies, sports. Uh, the other thing I when I coach leaders I really uh, emphasize a lot on is finding that bigger purpose. Now, I know it's, it's a very fluffy thing about finding a bigger purpose, but really to tell people, 
look, if you're lucky, you can find your purpose in your work, but everybody doesn't find their purpose in work, right? Not all roles and jobs are that cool. You know, sometimes people <laughs> have to, like, an accountant has to do accounting. That, you know, you can't find your life's purpose in doing accounting, but that's an important job. Like somebody has to do it. I like to think that if you're an accountant, you like accounting. That's, I, I like, that keeps, that lets me sleep at night. I go to yeah. sleep thinking accountants like keeping the books tidy yeah. and then they like it and they, the numbers never lie to them and they're always in order. I think there's a certain type of person that likes that. Actually, no. And you're talking to the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> By a degree, I'm an accountant. I'm a chartered certified accountant, you know. <laughs> so Sounds so like somebody I, coached you to change lanes a couple years ago. <laughs> absolutely, right? So, yeah, so I'm just saying that, you know, people just have to realize and therefore to find that, that purpose, whether it's volunteering for, you know, for a nonprofit that you feel about, whether it's volunteering for your kids, you know, soccer class or anything, right? But you have to find something outside of your work. Don't make work your life, literally. Um, so, so things like that, yeah. We're, 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 we're running out of time here, I'm afraid, which is just too bad. Um, you mentioned uh, Seth Godin. I noticed that you, Seth, and also Ryan Holiday will all be in, uh, in Sweden for the, the Nordic Business Forum next year. And I feel like you and, and Ryan Holiday would have a lot to talk about because he sure is a believer in, you know, stoicism rules of take time for yourself and wake up early and go for a walk and clear your head and get your focus. And uh, this all sounds, I feel like the next Nordic Business Forum Sweden should be called a flu shot against leaders block. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell them before you so I can get credit for it. Um, Ritu, thanks so much for, for joining us on uh, Business as Unusual. It's been a real pleasure uh, and super interesting to talk to you. Same here. It was a pleasure, Pep. And uh, yeah, maybe it's good evening for you, but it's definitely time for me to hit a pub for a glass of wine now. Hey man, you know what? What what you do, you. <laughs> <laughs> Great, it's so lovely chatting to you. Agreed. Thanks very much. That Bye. is Ritu Ritu Maresh, and she is the author of Leaders Blocks. So if you want to know more about how to, maybe you're a leader. Are you a leader who feels in the doldrums, a funk, if you will? Then uh, then this book might be your way to get out of it. Um, I myself, uh, it's the middle of the day here, but I think I'm going to take Ritu's uh, example and, you know, go, go get hammered. So uh, till next time, thanks for joining us on Business as Unusual. I am Pep Rosenfeld from Amsterdam. <laughs>